My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Process Driven, a podcast about creativity. And I am so excited to be able to share this episode with you, this conversation. This is a conversation that I've wanted to have for years. Uh, and uh, I can't tell you the first photograph that I ever saw by Gregory Crutes, and I don't remember what it was, but I do remember very clearly how it made me feel, how, how I connected to this world. Unlike any photographer I can think of off the top of my head, this was instantly familiar to me. This world was familiar to me. The, 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 the plights, the struggles that these characters seemed to be going through were very much my own. Feelings of disconnect, feelings of isolation, and, and feelings of, of hope and possibility that, that those would pass, that those feelings would pass, that they were uh, stepping stones or, or bridges to something better. So this, this work resonated with me and still does on, on a very deep level. And, and the opportunity came up to sit down with Gregory and talk about his new body of work, uh, which is called Cathedral of the Pines, much more intimate than the Beneath the Roses body of work, which, as he'll tell you, was, was epic, not only in, in scale, but in scope. Uh, where Cathedral of the Pines is a much more intimate production, smaller team, uh, smaller but no less compelling stories and narratives. And it's, it's just a stunning body of work, and I am so grateful to have had the chance to sit down with Gregory uh, to chat about it for a little bit. So enough of me talking. Enjoy this. This is, I've wanted to say this for so long, this is my conversation with Gregory Crudson. Please listen carefully. Well, one of the things that I that that I found interesting about this body of work is is after Beneath the Roses, um, you had talked about wanting to do something more intimate and sort of tighter knit, closed set. Yet there was a decision at some point to use Twitter and Instagram to kind of share a peek into that process. And I wonder what was the impetus for that? What were you hoping to get from it? And, and were there any surprises along the way that you got out of it by sharing this process? Well, firstly, um, you are absolutely correct that um, after Beneath the Roses, which was in many respects a kind of epic project. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Not only in terms of uh, the scale, but the, the period of time mm -hmm. uh, and all the people involved um, at the end of that project, I felt uh, it was important to do something much more uh, smaller scale, much more intimate. And uh, the sanctuary pictures uh, came out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then after um or around the time of making uh, the sanctuary pictures, my marriage ended. Um, and I had two kids, and it was a very kind of um, dark period, mm -hmm. to say the least. And 
I think it's fair to say that I shut down in almost every way, mm-hmm. you know, um, aesthetically and, and, um, also just in terms of my general, uh, outlook and well-being. But one thing I, I did wind up doing was I, I moved out of New York and moved into a church, uh, where I'm speaking to you from now. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was almost like an act of survival for me. And, um, I, I think what I did was I went to a place where I associated with productivity and, and feeling alive. Um, but quite frankly, it took me about two years. Uh, it was two years, uh, once I moved up here of, um, inactivity in terms of making pictures, um, before you kind of surfaced. Right. Wow. I wow. sort of, uh, and it wasn't as if other things weren't happening, you know, there were like museum shows and books. Sure. Sure. So there's a lot of, you know, sort of busy work. Um, and of course my, my sort of main objective was trying to find stability and feel reconnected you know, and, um, I began to, um, uh, you know, I'm an open water swimmer right. and I sort of religiously began to, you know, walking the Appalachian trail to a, a lake called upper goose pond. Um, and would swim, uh, do long swims each day. And then, um, uh, and that was part of that. I wasn't even quite aware of it, but that was part of the healing process, I think. Sure. And, um, and then I would also, um, during the winters cross country ski mm-hmm. through, and this was all in Beckett in the small town of Beckett. It's barely a town. And I spent a lot of time with Julianne who's very closely related to this project. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she would accompany me on the, the walks up, up and, and uh, on the trail. And then we would ski together. And it was one, during one of those um, skis that I, um, we're in the middle of the woods in Beckett in a pine forest. And I, f- and there was a, trail and there's like a little signpost and the, the signpost actually said cathedral of the pines. And, no kidding. And, and you had no idea previously that this was here. No. And it was, and you know, there are very few moments uh, in your one's life where there's, there's like all at once there's a kind of aesthetic reawakening, but this certainly was one of them. Mm-hmm where, uh, I saw the whole body of work, um, in my mind's eye, like, uh, I knew the title would be cathedral of the pines. And I knew all the pictures would be made in Beckett that they would be located. They would be all on location in interiors and landscapes that we would work with a small crew uh, that the pictures would be 
you know, a return to color, uh, a, a, a return to using kind of directorial light. And, um, and so, I mean, that's all I needed was the mm-hmm. title. Is it, is it, is it fair to say that this felt more like a calling than the work prior to it? Yes. Yeah. For me, it was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I mean, I know we're speaking in religious terms here. I mean, that's interesting. The title of the book is, I mean, the project's called Cathedral of the Pines. I live in a church. Uh, there is a kind of sense of revelation, but um, it's all in aesthetic terms. You know, it's, um, I do think art, the, 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 at, the, at the core, the process of making art is, um, is a search for meaning. Um, and so certainly this was that, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, meaning in your own life, uh, especially after what had come before. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it was, uh, so then it was a process of, uh, starting to put the pictures together, you know, and, uh, we did three productions and, um, uh, over the course of, uh, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And it was just a great sort of period of, uh, productivity for me and, and, uh, a real outburst of, um, after that period of, uh, you know, disconnect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was it, was it difficult to be uh, sort of non-productive between the shoots because you had had all these things sort of fully realized in that moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, once the process started, then there, uh, I was, things were like moving fast and like, even though there are a lot of time in, in between productions at that point, there's, you know, we we're back into printing and, and, uh, you know, in, into the cycles of pre and, uh, production and production and post-production. And so that all felt like very vital and, and, uh, and, and it felt great Mm -hmm. to sort of finally be back at work, you know. When, when you, when you made this, this kind of realization uh, or, or, you know, you, you saw this body of work, is it, is it immediately then or soon after that you go to people like Rick and the rest of the team and say, okay, here's what I've got. Or do you still have to do some sort of internal realization before you're ready to bring that to your production team? Well, the process of once, like, even like, you know, we had that, like I had that moment in the woods, let's say in sort of winter, in uh the but and we didn't really start shooting till the summer so there was there was a whole sort of uh the four months four or five months there where i was gathering my thoughts and putting um the imagery together and but um and um but uh by the time we met i met with my sort of core team uh, Julianne and I had basically written out all the descriptions, uh, for that first body of work. And 
we were ready to go. Now, however, I must say that like the first, um, in that first production, the first at least week was like very bumpy because- uh, <laughs> How so? Well, we were all uh, like, we were definitely, you know, did not have our sea legs. <laughs> we were, uh, you were the new kids at camp. <laughs> yeah. So we were, you know, all of us were like, you know, I, I mean, I include myself and everyone else, you know, we were all like trying to um, get back up to speed in terms of uh, um, all working together. And, uh, you know, unlike Beneath the Roses, which was all shot with eight by 10 film, this was all shot digitally. So there was a there was a bunch of speed bumps just trying to get the sensibility right. You know, mm-hmm. the, trying to get the, this, the, the lighting and the, and the, the feel of the pictures, right. Sure. And, um, Did shooting digitally change in any sort of fundamental way, your, your way of telling stories or your production process, or was it just a matter of, of, of making tweaks here and there? Was it more dramatic? It's a, you know, it's a dramatic change. I mean, we shot Sanctuary digitally and so, but that was a very different body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had, a, uh, the main struggle was tr- trying to find the aesthetic for these pictures. And um, unlike Beneath the Roses, where we would light full city streets and like, clo- you know. Sure, sure. Close off towns and. And yeah. have like, you know enormous like um, <laughs> lifts and all right. that. I didn't want that in these pictures. I right. wanted something much more kind of introverted and quiet and, um, and the references were more painterly than cinematic. So we needed to find a, um, a way of making pictures that accommodating that. And we, we did that, but it, it, you know, we, we had a, uh, we had to, we had to get to it, you know, mm-hmm. we had to like all arrive at it together. Much steeper learning curve. Now, d- did you develop kind of a shorthand or a vernacular that, that you were all able to kind of use to stay on the same page aesthetically or, or narratively? Yeah. Well, the thing, uh, the, the, you know, the, we are best, our production is best when like, um, there's the least amount of discussion happening like Hmm. when rick and i particularly are on the same when we're on point no discussion necessary you know he knows what you need you know what he needs and you just get it done right uh but there you know in that case in this case it was a bit of a learning curve for both of us because i didn't know exactly what i wanted but i knew I sort of knew it when I saw it. And for Rick, it was really um, a, an act of restraint, I would say. Like, um, he had to, you know, he's such a brilliant um, uh, master of lighting, but he had to, like, um, his biggest challenge is trying to find that sensibility from doing something much sort of less orchestrated than mm-hmm. he has done in the past. And so 
we got there though, and it, was, it wound up being like a very kind of beautiful um, sense of light in the pictures, and uh, and there were certain rules that I I made I made, and I think we all followed like pretty carefully, and that was that for all the interiors because um, the body works made up by equal parts interiors and and landscapes that the central lighting source would be from coming from outside in mm -hmm. so whereas there's like there would be a kind of um sort of uh uh the main light source would be um appear like it came from the you know from uh the sun or, or some kind of light source like that. But they were really just like very complicated rigs that we set up or Rick and his team would set up outside. And, and so he really, particularly in the winter pictures, we really found an aesthetic that was really, um, I think perfect for the body of pictures. Oh, they're gorgeous. They're they're from from the few that I've seen, they are stunning. Uh and 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 in a in a different way than some of the previous work. Um yes. because they're so much more intimate both both in terms of your production crew and and maybe the stories they're trying to tell, is there a different relationship that you that you th would like the audience to have with the narrative or is that, is it still okay that they maybe draw their own conclusions about what's going on versus what you have in mind when you, when you shoot them and, and, and put them together? Well, I think it always like, well, you know, that's part of, you know, the power of photographs that in the end, the viewer always brings their own particular, uh, history to a picture. And, um, but, for me, it was really important that um, there was no sort of literal narrative in the pictures, that um, whatever story is being told is, is um, done through um, atmosphere and light and mood. Um, um, for sure, you know, mm -hmm. and like the, but there is like very clear themes in the body of work. And I think one of them is the relationship between the figure and nature. Um, and then also there's a sense of longing, I think, in sure. all the pictures, you know, and um, there's also certainly, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, flesh in the pictures, and that was very, I think, purposeful. They're mm -hmm. they're very much about bodies and 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 desire, I think, and um, but also, as in all my pictures, that sort of quiet sense of disconnection. You know, do you see? Do you see the hope in the, in disconnection the way you did in the in the previous bodies of work? Is that still there? Yeah, to me, it's like you know, it's my most hopeful 
pictures, you know. Right, 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 I mean, right. It's my ambition in making these pictures was to make them as, you know, I mean, in some ways, you know, I really see them as celebrations of light, mm-hmm. of life even. And, um, um, and certainly my ambition was to try to make the most beautiful pictures I could. Right. Um, yeah, there's always that, there is always that sense of, um, disconnect. And I think that's something that's like, I'm not even 100% conscious of, or really knows where I really don't know where that comes from, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the uh, disconnection. Yeah. But I, I would say like, it's part of being like, I think it's emblematic of, the photographer's fate in a certain way. Like I think all photographers have a slight remove from the world just by the very, um, there's something about the medium itself that Mm -hmm. it separates you from what you're looking at. Um, and you create a frame around the world that also is like a frame that is, um, Making a frame is an act of removal, I think, you know, it's an act of separation. There's always, I think, in, you know, photographers always will have that underlining sense of um, voyeurism. Sure. In your, in, in the work that they do. Well, that was one of the things I, I kind of, that kind of resonated with me was you, you told the story in Brief Encounters about sort of listening in on your father's sessions. Yes. And, and in this, in this body, well, along with Beneath the Roses, but in this body of work as well, because it's more intimate, it's almost as if we are, we as an audience are, are sort of cast in the role of you as a child listening in on your work. We're listening in on you the way you listened in on your father in a sense. Yeah. I like that. That's, I like that. That's a nice um, description. And, um, and I, you know, I do think that like the fact that like a lot of these, uh, pictures were made in domestic settings. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the whole first production was done in the house that Julianne grew up in. Oh, wow. Um, and wow. yes. Um, and, uh, and that was in Beckett, you know, mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. on location and, you know, we didn't know each other, but like that was miles away from the the cabin that I grew up in. So wow. you know, there is that. So this is this intensely personal on so many levels body of work. Yes, it, it definitely is. And the thing is like, that's the framework. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the framework for making pictures. It's not what the pictures are like literally about, I think, and it's like not, it's, it's not as if the viewer needs to know all that backstory, but from my vantage point as the artist and, um, it's what made the pictures happen, Mm -hmm. but there's always in my pictures, this very kind of complicated blur between real life and fiction. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's not as if, these pictures are directly autobiographical. Sure. Drawn from uh, certain elements of that and then 
sort of made into something that's more uh, fictional or blurs the lines between um, those realms. Are are you able to look at the body of work and and see? I might botch this, but yeah. see where you started to feel found again. And was there a, was there a shift aesthetically post that feeling? Yeah. Well, the first, uh, the first, uh, as I said, the first, um, the first body of the first, um, production that mm-hmm. summer was very intense and it was as i said like um there were false starts and uh in fact the first picture we made was probably the first attempt of a picture we made was probably the worst picture i have made in sort of a production in many 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 years and um I, you know, went home feeling sick right. to my stomach, you know. And, and were, were you questioning at that point? Was this a good idea? Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, it was, you know, it's a lot easier not to make pictures than it is to make pictures. <laughs> you know, so, right, right. Uh, so you could carry on and sort of think about how great you are as a photographer. But in the end, when, you know, you're making pictures, it's a struggle. Oh, right. it's, it's hard work. And, so the first pictures were all like false starts. And then we just start all of a sudden, like something happened and, um, it all just like came to life. And, uh, and then from that moment on, I think we were definitely all on the same wavelength. Although I have to admit that, you know, we made like 15 pictures that first production, maybe even 20 you know, we wound up using, you know, about um, maybe half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't even, after that production was over, I couldn't even look at them. Oh, really? At that first uh, body of work? Yeah. Uh, uh, just because I was still in some kind of, um, I don't know, some kind of fractured state. And it, it and. I couldn't look at them until we made the next pictures. So, uh, which was that following winter. And I have to say those winter pictures, we were, um, it it was, um, that was a magical production where just everything seemed to go right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there were struggles or, you know, we were dealing with like weather and it was freezing. And I mean, it, but we were all like the group of us were like basically working on one compound in Beckett and right. in the middle of winter. And, uh, I think everyone was on their game, like in a major, major way. And, you know, and, and Rick had fully figured out like a beautiful way of lighting that winter exteriors, mm. um, and, um, so we were definitely on course. And then, and then the, fi- the final production was all basically, it was all on location and it was all like in forests. And 
by rivers and uh, quarries and stuff. And then by that time, um, we were working as a, a great team and, and able to meet the challenges of working um, in the woods, you know, and in forests. And um, so we sort of worked our way to that level. Mm-hmm. You know? Was was there always the intention of of having the three different setups as one body of work? Or was there ever any consideration of having sort of three separate acts, if you will? Well, uh, it depends on who you ask. For me, yes. My gallery was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they thought like we had it all wrapped up in the first production. And, you know, and I, I knew... Uh, that you know this is a, this is a process and like and i knew that there had to be the three productions mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so that was part of the struggle too is like you know going into three productions and getting it financed and and uh without showing anyone any pictures you know that's also you hadn't so, shown anyone along the way no oh wow I mean, that's, no, I mean, talk about faith, right? Yes. Yes. It was, that was a challenge for everyone. So, but I wasn't willing to show anyone anything until I felt like we had all the pictures we needed. To, mm-hmm. But, um, uh, and then there was just like the ongoing, uh, post-production effort, which was mammoth in itself. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I was, you know, obsessive about getting exactly the right prints. And sure. That, was, that was, was post different shooting digitally versus shooting on film? Oh yeah. Much different, but also, uh, but in the end it's again, all that stuff are just tools. Sure. And, sure. You know, what you're looking for is something very elusive and, and, um, and more often than not, we, we, I mean, we, we start from scratch like two or three times like mm. in post-production, like every one of these prints has gone through the process of, of, um, building and rebuilding and then, and then starting again over and over again to, to try to in some way recreate the thing that we all saw mm-hmm. on set. Is, is there a difference in, in, I would imagine there is, but, but I'm not sure. Is there a difference in seeing that moment? Cause you, you, you're, you're very strong in the way that you talk about the perfection of moments, which I love. Yes. And is there a difference in seeing that moment on set versus seeing multiple moments in a gallery setting around you where, where everywhere you look, your, your field of view is sort of filled with these moments. Well, that's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I was just speaking to Julianne about that. Like just yesterday or the day before it's like, we haven't had that moment yet. Like we've been just looking at each picture and like oh, focusing on it. Wow. We haven't seen all the pictures framed in one space yet. And I think that's going to be certainly something, you know, absolutely overwhelmed, yeah. I think, you know, but, um, but even on an individual basis, you have to sort of get over the uh, trying to, in the end, 
no matter the photograph, the image, the, the, the image is something different from what you saw mm-hmm. and necessarily. Sure. And so what you're recreating is not exactly something you saw, but something you think you saw or something. I don't know. Like it's something different from what you saw. Right. You witnessed, but there's a, a, a terrific John Hurt quote that he, that he gives in an interview where yeah. he's talking about, uh, basically saying I, I'd rather have memory than, than a photograph because however inaccurate my memory, I'd prefer that memory than one which is prompted by the tedious reality of a photograph. And I love that. I like that. Yes. That's, that's so, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. It was f- fantastic. Uh, it, and it seems like there's, there's almost this need in your work to, perfectly capture this sort of moment of being lost in order to present the possibility of being found. Yes. Right. Yes. Which I find endlessly fascinating because I, on a personal level, I often feel so absolutely apart from the world that I'm in. Yes. Um, that these, these, these photographs click with me on such a deep level. Um, so I, I, I do spend a great deal of time thinking about your work. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it, you know, you just like, as an artist, particularly when you're, you know, when, since this body of work, I, I, I mean, part of the thing was like to make the pictures in sort of, um, in separate, you know, from the world and in privacy in a certain way. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was part of the reasoning of making pictures in remote locations and, and all of that. And, uh, so it's, it, as the pictures are just starting to kind of trickle out, it's really lovely to hear the comments and hmm. things. It's really good. Was that back to kind of the first question? Was that a conscious decision on on your part to release these sort of behind the scenes things? Was that an insistence on the gallery's part? Who who decided to let people in to this world? Well, here's the thing. So we, uh, you know, in this period, you know, in the period we're in, where everyone has is documented in every part of their life, and, <laughs> right. and you know, everyone's on their cell phones. We right did have a discussion with everyone on the crew early on. And we said, like, we want you to document this whole process of making the pictures. Um, however, we would like to, you know, um, then control the flow of information. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it was designed to be curated from the beginning. In general terms, we mm-hmm. didn't know exactly what we were going to do with the pictures, but we knew. Now, this even started earlier when I was like, you know, when I would do these hikes and stuff and swims and also just drive back and forth from New York. I would just like make pictures of myself and, you know, send them to Julianne and she would do the same. And so we already had a, um, a kind of archive of pictures um, I mean, to start with. As as a viewer, as 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 a a, a member of your audience, I got to tell you, it was weird. 
Yes. It was like, you know, the Wonka factory firing up again. You know, you, you just the, the wheels start spinning. And, and I, I spoke to some friends about it. And I was like, hey, have you seen Crudson's back? And they're like, what? Wait, on Instagram? Why is he on Instagram? You know, there was this whole sort of discussion that would take place of of what's going on. What could this be? You know, right. and, and I found it endlessly fascinating. These these sort of cryptic pictures that would come out with with sometimes a caption, sometimes not. And and it was just it was such a an interest peaker for uh, for someone who who is a fan of the work and is a fan of the process of the work. Right. Well, the here's a th- yeah. So I mean, so we did we uh, we started documenting the process, but we didn't um, we we kept them sort of together and just in our studio for a long period. So. Um, they're, it's slightly deceptive in terms of the flow of information. It's like we were, because I didn't want those pictures to come out in real time because mm-hmm. I thought it would just be too disruptive of the entire process. So like many of the pictures that you saw that were like sent down on Instagram had happened previously. Sure, sure. And but uh, we we didn't know that. Right. And that was that was sort of the great deception of it was was, you know, you're you know sort of in this sort of post-production sanctuary. And we we're still thinking that you're out there freezing your butt off on location. And and there's a whole sort of disconnect, which I think even strengthens the work even more because we're disconnected from the process. Right. But we that, think we're connected. <laughs> that's so true. And there's something to the fact that like, uh, well, yeah, pictures are evidence and. And we're so used, like, and their documents and Instagram is used in that particular way. And, and so we had this huge um, archive of information, of pictures, you know, that documented the entire thing from, like, before production to after. And and then um, it was really Julianne who thought, like, we should start a um, sending these out in social media. I had never even been on Instagram before. Um, so I was not a great practitioner, right? And, but I thought like this would be absolutely perfect because it tells everything and nothing at the same time. Like, yes. It's frustrating, Gregory. <laughs> and so, like, it reveals every, like I'll, I'll, everything, and, but nothing at the same time. Like, you know, the pictures remain, um, sort of, it's, it's the only thing that remains unseen. Right. And I also think there was something interesting to the fact that like, I had never like put pictures of myself out there in the world of like, you know, in these sort of intimate situations of hiking. And, and so I do think that in the end, all these pictures sort of will, it, the idea is to create a third meaning of some sort, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, we started with the emblem of, you know, the Cathedral of the Pines has the pine. Right. Whose idea was the tattoo? Well, so the emblem originally came out of the, it was the grip flag. So that's like the, the, like on the first week of production, the grips created that emblem completely separate from me or I had no knowledge of it. And I came on set one day and the, <laughs> it sort of flies there like a parrot, like a pirate flag, you know? 
that's great. But I immediately loved it. I was like, wow, that's we got to do something with that. And right. then and then it just and then like members of the crew started getting like tattoos. That's so great. And I was, I was like, this is wow, this is becoming interesting. And, <laughs> And then I decided to use it as the cover of the, like the emblem as the cover of the book. And on some level, it had to be the cover of the book, didn't it? Yeah, it had to be. I mean, it's, 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 it's so representative of not only the the body of work, but the, 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 the sort of tightness of the crew that created it. Exactly. It's like creating a family. Mm -hmm. That's so, and that's very, it's very, it's very powerful, I think. I would, I would imagine and hope that that helped bring you out as well. That helped. Yes. And also my children were on set uh-huh. you know, and they were on set with Julianne's kids. And so there was like a lot of bonding and, you know, and Lily, my daughter is in one picture and uh, Julianne's kids are in a few of them. And so, all of that was part of a kind of a rebirthing process, I think. Mm, that's terrific. Do you, do you see this as uh, emerging as kind of a, a default way that you'd like to work moving forward with, with this type of, of close production and, and, and this type of, of production process? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're like on our, like, uh, as I said earlier, like we're definitely on our game and, and, um, like right now we're just like, it's been a process of like trying to do all work together to get the show out there. But like, I will definitely say that there will not be a long period of time between my next body work and this, like mm-hmm. that I definitely will not let that happen again. Could, could you see yourself releasing I mean, I find it fascinating how you release bodies of work rather than individual or, or small batches of images. Could you see yourself ever moving in that direction? Or is there, is there more, power is the wrong word, but is, is there more impact or, or connection to the work, releasing it all as one body of work in totality? I mean, that's the way I always thought about it. Like, I think of it more maybe in terms of like a movie, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, like a movie, there's this whole process of like, uh, that takes years from beginning to end. And then you open and it's one larger statement and, uh, and it's a fully realized body of work. And that's mm-hmm. the way I do it. You know, I can't imagine, um, making pictures otherwise, although, um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you see a difference in reaction uh, audiences? I, I've, I've, I've thought about this primarily with, with uh, Beneath the Roses. Do audiences in places like Pittsfield or, or Beckett to yeah. the current body of work, do they react differently than audiences, say, in Manhattan or Boston because the work is so much more personal to their landscape, to their life, to their way of life? Well, I'm not quite sure about that. I mean, I think that like um, one of the reasons I work in one place over and over again is because you can um, you can go deep rather mm-hmm. wide. I think is the best way to put it. And um, and certainly when you become a known 
quantity, it's easier to do things, you sure. know, like it's easier to close down streets. And so you become like a kind of, um, you know, um, like it's so like the town and administrations and, um, you're almost like, a fixture at that point. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then, so, I mean, in this body work, we had to rely less on those things, but like, it still was helpful in many ways. And, um, and I'm not quite, you know, again, I'm like, I, you know, after I make the pictures, you know, I feel like my job's over and I'm not quite sure like what, and people think of it here or anywhere. Is there, is there still, I mean, I asked you on, on Instagram when you, when you were first looking at the book, is there, is there a nervousness in opening that book for the first time, even though you've lived with the creation of these images and, and you said, yes, are you, are you, are you ever able to look at these, these images, whatever body of work it is and say, that's exactly what I wanted to say the way I wanted to say it. Or is there always something gnawing and going, well, hmm, I wish I would have done this or next time I'd like to do this. There's brief periods of time where like it all looks exactly right. But that's like, um, that's, that's momentary, you know? <laughs> and then, and then you're back to second guessing. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. 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 And, then, and then, and then, you know, and then, uh, you have to let go of the work and then um, make the next thing. You right. know, that's just the job of the artist. I, I don't know many filmmakers or writers or musicians who like spend time like looking at their own stuff. Right. You know, right. not the way it goes. Is it difficult for you sort of post-creation to look back on work? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's painful. It's a painful. <laughs> really it's a, Painful. Painful. Yes. That's a, that's a charged word. Yes. Painful. <laughs> wow. Do you, do you see these worlds as created? Are we seeing, are we seeing different facets of the same sort of universe insofar as that they're all sort of being created by you, but, but are the, the, the stories that you're telling within Cathedral of the Pines is, is this a unified world? Are these all people all part of the same compound? Are they part of the same group? Absolutely. Like, that's so important that mm-hmm. the just all feel like it comes from one place, like one world that it's all it's fully realized, you know, and that's part of the struggle. Like, you know, when I, I mean, what I hope when a viewer looks at my pictures is that they're really not aware of everything it took to make the pictures and that they're just kind of propelled into a world, you know, that, mm-hmm that's what I want in the end. You know, that's, that's the hardest part, really. That's like, it's the hardest part when like all the busy work is done and like you've arranged all the pixels in the right sure sort of um, um, formation and you don't think about anything but the picture. There's no need to be aware of it as long as there's some sort of deeper visceral reaction. That's right. I mean, that's why, like, I go through so much effort. There's a paradox where, like, I go through so much effort to, like, remove any evidence of of a photographic image. In other words, like, anything that, like, presents itself as part of make of being a picture, like, grain or blur or movement or 
um, distortion of the image. Mm -hmm. Any sort of artifact. Yeah. And has that been a constant throughout your career, do you think? Or is it is it more important later on now? I, I think that's always been the case, but like more so in these pictures, like because I don't want like people to be thinking about like where the, you know, the the operatics of the lighting or the production. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How's, how's he lighting this? It, it's almost like watching a, a, if you're watching a film that's got great special effects and you think to yourself, those are some great special effects. Well, then they probably aren't great special effects because they've taken you out of the narrative to think about the special effects. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing with time is like, you know, that you can, because you know, the hope is you're always making these things better and, resolving the issues. And so when you look at previous pictures now, that's one of the reasons you only see the flaws mm -hmm. because, you know, because your standards get higher, I guess. Sure. You know, with, with every body of work. Yes, I think so. So do you continue, do you have any idea whether you continue this particular narrative or now do you move on to a new story or have you even had your, have, have you even given yourself a chance to think about that in those terms? Well, I think that's all like, these are all good questions. And like, I think that like only time will tell in terms mm -hmm. of what the next manifestation is, you know, hopefully we'll know soon. You, you'd mentioned in, in, I think it was in Brief Encounters, or it might have been one of the one of the interviews that that Beneath the Roses for a time was thought of as a film. Have you have you given any more thought to the moving image or or are stills exactly where you need to be? Well, there's always discussions about making a movie. I mean, that's just like um, there's, you know, and, the, and I have to say it's, it's serious discussions of making a movie. And that's ebbs and flows but mm -hmm. like i think that that if we find exactly the right story and it's the right circumstances with the right people involved um that very well could happen that's that's got to be a struggle though because you you've been so strong about about your concern with just this moment not before not after I'm very happy doing what I'm doing now. And I, you know, I will always identify myself as a, a photographer first and foremost. And mm -hmm. um, I do naturalistically think in, in single images. So, so that were the, that's where the challenge would be. What a pleasure that was to talk to Gregory about this new body of work. Absolutely beautiful pictures. I mean, they are they are stunning. Uh, so thank you very much, Gregory, for taking the time to sit down and talk about the work. And also, I'd like to thank Julianne for helping to make this happen. I appreciate your time so much. Uh, if you'd like to see Cathedral of the Pines, the show opens at the Gagosian Gallery in New York City on January 28th and runs through March 5th. Uh, also, Aperture will be publishing Cathedral of the Pines as a book in mid-March, I believe, 15th, 17th, somewhere around there. Uh, but you can pre-order it on Amazon or I'm assuming wherever books are sold. Uh, if you'd like to follow Gregory on Instagram or Twitter, you can do so at Crudson Studio. That's all one word, Crudson Studio. Uh, if you enjoyed the conversation, and I hope you did, uh, please consider subscribing on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. 
Uh, I've got some terrific guests lined up, and I'm sure the conversations are going to be fantastic, so I hope you will come along for that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, at Jeffrey Sedoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, and I hope you'll come back for the next one. Mm-hmm.